Welcome back to the Daily Thunder podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Woods, here with Daily Thunder beat writer Brandon Rabar. Brandon, how are you? I am good, man. Uh, good, fun game. Uh, you know, I got to say, after winning three in a row, I was getting a little spoiled. I was ready to break up with the tank and make uh, the playoffs my new girlfriend. But uh, <laughs> but this felt pretty good, though, too. Good competitive game. Young guys showed out. Close loss. I was going to ask you how, how you were feeling late in that game because it was one that was very winnable. A week ago, I would say we would have been pumped. I would have known how you felt. But after a couple wins, I was curious how you were going to take that one. Yeah, I've basically been confused after every single game this season, whether to be happy or sad after each win and each loss. So I don't know. Talk to me after 72 games, I guess. Exactly. Exactly. It felt like Shea had another solid night, um, but I wanted to talk mainly um, about about Diallo. He mentioned post game that he uh, kind of felt like he cost the team, but he had a, another really awesome night. Yeah, he, he scored 16 points on 5-9 and nine shooting. He hit all of his free throws, uh, six of them. Hamadou Diallo went six for six from the free throw line, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he grabbed four boards. He had two assists in just like 21 minutes. Uh, yeah, he, he tried to shoulder the blame. Very uh, Westbrookian of mm-hmm. him to, you know, like Westbrook could go out and get like a triple-double in <laughs> 2016, score like 50 points, and be like – uh, this loss, it was on me. It was on yeah. me. Like, I appreciate Hami, but come on, man. You, right. you scored 16 points on efficient shooting. You were great tonight. It, it definitely wasn't on him. He's He's been on a roll, man. He's He looks legit. This does not look like a fluke. I mean, it could be. We're still in the uh, area of small sample size, mm-hmm. but that small sample is getting bigger by the day. Yeah, and I got asked today kind of why Terrence Ferguson never had this type of burst coming out of a season and that you mentioned the free throw line I felt that was my answer was he just has such he plays with so much more physicality and he gets to the line so much more it just it feels like the the offense isn't predicated on whether he makes or misses a shot every 15 minutes yeah no that's that's exactly right with with T Ferg, it was basically whether his three-point shot was on or not. If his three-point shot was on, great. If not, he was a black hole on the offensive end. He wasn't going to do anything else. He was, yeah. you know, too apprehensive and hesitant to, to take it to the rim. And that's all Hami wants to do. And so far this season, he's been elite at finishing at the rim. He's like near 70% or something like that, finishing at the rim. It's it's absurd. And, you know, if he doesn't finish, there's a good chance he's getting fouled like he was tonight and going to the line. And he's knocking him down at a higher clip this season. He, I looked it up. He's he's going to the line like almost four times after this game, probably four times per game. And last two years, it was something like, I don't know, it was like 1.8 or something. He's like doubling his trips to the line, hitting them at a higher clip. Yeah. I mean, he's just improved in every single area of the game this year. Speaking of um, getting to the rim, uh, you're talking about Diallo. Dort was on the other end of that spectrum tonight. He was four of eleven from the field. Three of those four were makes beyond beyond the arc. He his three pointer continues to look so so good and so improved. And it's such. I mean that if we're taking the bird's eye view of this team, these young guys have all gotten better. Like point blank, they've all gotten better. But Dort had Dort struggled at the rim tonight, and I think it could have that could have really swung the game. Yeah, absolutely could have. I, it, Dort's shooting has just been. It's mind blowing. Yeah, it's, you know, 
the reason he wasn't drafted was solely because he couldn't shoot. Everybody knew he'd be a good defender. He had all this energy and effort and he could take it to the rim and all those things. The only reason he wasn't drafted in the first round because he wasn't shooting well in -hmm. college. And now he's shooting 43% on the year. It's going to increase after this game. Once they update the stats, I'm not going to do the math, but uh, he's, his shooting has just been outstanding this season. And that doesn't look like a fluke either. Like you said, all these young guys look like they've legitimately improved. It's exciting. I highlighted Shay Shay's form the other day. His, he's just putting so much more arc on the ball, but that seemed to be what the team that was their fix. He's such a strong guy that it, anything that didn't go straight up in the air out of his hands felt like it was going to, go way too far over the basket like he was shooting a lot of shots too too long um and it's it's helped him a ton getting the ball up in the air so it's been a lot it's been really fun to see him improve his shot it's been it's been uh really something i'd never thought we'd see is is a 42 percent, 43 percent clip from dort um the other guy i wanted to talk about tonight was was poku um he was he was decent on the offensive end but he had a couple really nice blocks and showing his length around the rim yeah so poku everybody just wants to look at the shooting and i get it that you know it's whether the shots go in or not we were told that this is a seven foot two 18 year old shooter and so that's what we want to see but if you just stop looking at the shooting for just a moment although he hit he started to hit some shots once he got concussed and he came back. It's going to be like his Marvel origin superhero yeah. story. It starts with, instead of like a radioactive bite from a spider, it started with a concussion. Then all of a sudden, like he had these like basketball powers. I love it. Uh, but he's been so much better after the concussion shooting wise, but his rim protection is blocking shots. I said, he looked like a young Serge Ibaka blocking shots. And the reason I say that is because he's only playing, you know, 18 minutes a night, but when he's out there, he's blocking shots per 36. He's averaging two blocks a game. That's young Serge Ibaka levels. Like when he was leading the league, he was averaging like two blocks a game and per 36. That's what Poku is doing. He always alters shots. He's been a good defender, like surprisingly, Mm -hmm. obviously he's thin. And if you get him on skates, he's in trouble. If you get him on a smaller guard, but down low and one-on-one, he's been a, a solid defender. He's rebounding really well. Besides his shooting, he's been good in a lot of areas. I'm so glad you mentioned, Serge. Uh, I wanted to give Trey Allen at Trey Diesel 35 a shout-out. This was awesome. Nicknamed Serb Ibaka. <laughs> that is That's awesome. pretty good. Pretty good from Trey. Um, that was in response to something Olivia had said. Uh, but, yeah. Shout out to you, Trey. That was hilarious. Serb yeah, that's, Ibaka. That's um, yeah, his shot, his shot's definitely gonna like. I mean, I think he's like three of twenty something uh from three so far this year. So I mean, I I've seen more like Shaq than a fool nominees from him than like positive offensive plays, but his defense and rebounding, I think, is the is the part that for a seven footer has shown um in droves. So um excited about that part of his game. Um, George Hill had some interesting things to say post game that I wanted to let you share. So yeah, here's what George Hill said tonight. And, you know, when I tweeted this out, I wanted to, to be clear that his tone wasn't an upset tone. It wasn't like a mad tone because when you read certain things, I think we kind of infer, you know, our own feelings or how we think they might've felt. Here's what he said. He just said it really matter of fact, 
when speaking on the stricter NBA COVID protocol. I'm a grown man, so I'm going to do what I want to do. If I want to go see my family, I'm going to go see my family. If it's that serious, maybe we shouldn't be playing. We want to play the game, but I don't understand some of the rules. We can sweat next to a guy for 48 minutes, but we can't talk to them afterwards. It makes no sense. So that's George Hill's response to, to a question about stricter COVID protocols. And that, those pro, those updated protocols came down today from the league. And it feels to me, Brandon, like they are trying to create the closest thing they can to a bubble while still playing games in different U.S. cities. Um, and that seems to have been – they're running into – I mean, they're running into the issues of playing night after night after night in all these different cities around all these different people it's going it's going to lead to more guys testing positive and uh which leads to contact tracing which leads to multiple guys on teams sitting out so um i think the next 10 to 14 days are going to be very very interesting yeah who knows what's going to happen the latest report is that they're not planning on postponing or pausing the season but that could change by the time that we upload this podcast i mean it's the whole thing is liquid. It could change at any moment. It's a constant, you know, moving thing. I I don't think that anybody knows if we got Royce Young to Mark Stein to, to Woj on here right now and ask them, is this season going to be paused? Nobody would have a good answer. Sam mm-hmm. Presti probably wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, you, we'll see what happens. You know, obviously, I think as fans, uh, we all want to see it continue. But at the same time, you know, we want them to be safe and we want them to take the best you know, precautions that they can, you know, and then you got to balance, you know, what is, I'm no doctor, I'm no scientist, I'm no politician, you know, I'm just kind of taking what everybody's saying. And I hope that people wiser than me will make wise decisions. That's all I'm saying. So far, I feel like the NBA has done a really good job uh, as far as COVID goes from, you know, from ground zero in Oklahoma City against the Jazz to uh, the break to the bubble to starting the new season. I think they've handled it really well. And I, I trust that they'll continue doing that. Uh, so tonight was uh, a positive in one light for the Thunder. Their, their, their pick improves by game. And they also got some help from Houston and Miami, both taking losses tonight and wanted to, wanted to read a very interesting quote from James Harden that he gave, that he gave after this game. He said, quote, we're just not good enough. I love this city. I literally have done everything that I can. I mean, this situation is crazy. It's something that I don't think can be fixed, end quote. You know, if you're a Houston Rockets fan, you hate hearing this. And do I feel for Rockets fans, even though the Thunder and the Rockets uh, have been rivals through the years and we lost Harden to, to the Rockets and had to watch him dominate all those years, I still feel bad for Rockets fans. He's still been their franchise player and their superstar for nearly a decade and you just hate to see it happen and for it to happen like this but as a thunder fan this is music to your ears for two reasons one because if harden is traded to any number of teams the heat the 76ers all these teams that are interested in him the thunder have a say in what these teams can give up for him they're gonna have to take off some protections off those picks. If it's two of those teams, if it's the nuggets, it could be the same thing. So there's a lot at play for the thunder to possibly improve their draft situation. 
if this happens. But the bigger thing is exactly that for next season and, and the seasons thereafter, the Thunder have two swaps from them and two draft picks from them. If they lose James Harden, no matter what they get back for him, it is not going to be as good as James Harden. So the pick that the Rockets have next season that the Thunder therein own is better for the Thunder. 100%. That's, that's the whole ball game. And uh, just to follow up John Wall, quote after the game after that hard quote when you have certain when you have certain guys that don't want to buy in it's hard Ooh, ouch. um it's uh it's been messy for houston since the end of last season it really it really turned so quickly but it's it's only gotten worse this is a real contentious situation at this point and um we'll see Harden could be on the. I mean, we've known that Harden could be on the move at any point. Um, but that, I saw somebody in response to Harden's quote say that's as close to a public trade demand as you as you can make without actually saying those words. Yeah, it's it's hard to see this being repaired at this point. Like it, it's hard to see him playing for the Rockets in their next game. Like, how does this continue? I mean, we saw it, you know, with Anthony Davis and the Pelicans, it can happen, but it's going to be weird and awkward and, and uncomfortable. And honestly, the Rockets lose leverage now with him going public, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and again, that's probably better for OKC. This is exciting. According to take a thon right now, talk to me, talk to me. the, The Thunder would have the Rockets number five overall pick and Miami's number 10 overall pick. Now, obviously, Miami's going to get better. They're not going to finish there. But as it is right now, Oklahoma City would have the 14th pick. Uh, so there you go. But and Golden that's States, why it's exciting. And Golden uh, State's playing right now. The Thunder can get from the Rockets is number five, and that's where they're currently sitting. And, Go- and Golden State's playing right now, and they, they're up to six and four. Uh, and I, you're, you're looking at it now. Are they still in the, in the low 20s? Yeah, they're they're right now. They are number twenty-two, which is perfect. Yeah, I mean, honestly, you couldn't ask for a better. You know, unless the Thunder were to win the lottery and end up in the top three, you couldn't really ask for a better uh, result than it is right now. So I say, stop the count. Uh, <laughs> let them yeah. go ahead and finish the season right now if they need to, and let's have the draft. Let's call it good. The it correct me if I'm wrong. The the very best Oklahoma City can do. Let's take the Heat. Pick, let's assume the heat pick won't be better than the the rockets pick um one us being at one houston being at five golden state being at 21 is that correct uh that's the yes, very that's, best that's, exa- that's exactly right yes okay um so yeah like two of those two of those three are sitting there right now like it's it's it really does uh get you excited about about what could be in the next couple of months. Thunder fans, if you're not following along on tankathon.com, it is a nightly update. Uh, so it's uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, Oklahoma City's back at it tomorrow night, hosting the Lakers. And what is that, 0-5 at the peak so far this year? Yeah, 0-5 at the peak. The th- uh, 0-4. They're, they're 5-1 five, they're five on the road, and they're 4-1, uh, 0-4 at home. So... Uh, turns out that Loud City was responsible for all those home wins <laughs> over the years. I guess so. Uh, we talked about it on the last one, JD and I. Just the the turnovers at home have been have been a real uh, thorn 
for for Oklahoma City in, in taking these losses. Yeah, they really have. It's just been an odd deal, and especially tonight, not only their own, but San Antonio only had four turnovers on the night. I mean, yeah. it's hard to be any team, you know, when they only commit four turnovers. But overall, to me, yeah, you know, do you want them to win? Do you not want to win? There's both sides of that coin. But to me, this was, again, a positive night. All I want from this season is the young guys developing and looking good. And Shea has been phenomenal. Diallo all of a sudden looks like a guy that can be a part of the core moving forward. You know, at some points he's got me wondering, like, is he as good as Dorton Baisley? Like, should we put, we've, we've put him in that like different tier. Like it's been Shea in one tier, then Dorton Baisley in this other tier, then Maladon and Poku in another tier. And then Diallo's just kind of hanging out there. Like, uh, you know, you're not invited to the tier party. <laughs> yes. Uh, but now he's not only in the tier party. I'm like, do we move him up? Where, yeah. where does Diallo go? I'm not quite ready to do it yet, but you got to have the conversation now. His energy has, it feels like he's playing with that same level of intensity, but it, it is really paying off and resulting in, in so much better play and play that's, that's uh, contributing to, to wins. Um, he's been great. We will pick it up tomorrow night when the Thunder play the Lakers. Everybody, thank you for listening. And Brandon, thanks so much, man. Absolutely, Ryan. Have a good night.